this is something that is a dirty little secret of his that he thinks is perfectly normal. This is The Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. It's opening week in America. Baseball's back. Although in 2020, right, <laughs> in 2020 right now, everything is so bizarre. Uh, when, when we say opening week in America, it sounds less like a declarative than a question. I was so sure that you were going to go there with baseball's back, Jack. Like you, lo- you love to throw a Jack, a random Jack into like stuff that rhymes with Jack. And I just thought that was coming there. I have to admit. I should have done that. Baseball's back, Jack. Yes. Are you, cause I know like baseball's happening, but like, is Greg Cody going to be venturing out to the stadium? Like, are, are you just going to be covering it from the safety of your home? Well, <laughs> I wish, uh, I suspect I haven't really talked about this yet, but, uh, with, with the boss, but I suspect I'll be there for opening day, which will be a week from Monday. Is that the Greg Cody move show up for opening day? And then, yes. And then, and then you'll be back if they make the playoffs. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Right. <clears throat> and then, um, that's about it. Especially this year. Are you kidding me? I can't lie and say that I'm really looking forward to that. It's just going to be bizarre, but it's my job and I'm, and I'm going to do it. I'll be wearing a mask and social distancing. And, you know, there's, there's going to be no in-person interviews. They, they don't allow media in the clubhouse anymore because of this. So I love how defensive every, not just you, every single person now, anytime you say you're going anywhere, you have to like throw the caveat in. I'll be wearing a mask and I'll be social distancing. It's just right. like become part of like our lexicon. Right. It is. It, 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 everything is weird. It, the thought occurred to me the other day, I'm walking through Publix, where, of course, you have to wear a mask at all times. And I'm going up and down the aisles. It's a fairly crowded store. And I'm, the, the thought actually occurred to myself, I miss seeing people's mouths and noses. <laughs> you know, it, it's like, what, I, wonder what, <laughs> I wonder what her nose looks like. You know, it's just it's kind of like the equivalent of the catcher and the pitcher covering their mouths when they go out to the pitcher's mound. Now everybody has a glove over their mouth all the time. Right, exactly. That's a good point. In, in fact, imagine uh, if, if you make a living um, as a lip reader, you feel really bad right now because it's like you're being robbed of your profession because no lips are moving. I think this is the Greg Cody show, right? Hey, it's the Greg Cody show. Yeah. Episode 21. Ooh, it's episode program. 21. We can drink now. Woo! <laughs> episode numbers. I heard you making fun of me on last week's uh, party episode, which was 20. Uh, you said that about the drinking thing, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna say that we can drink legally now because we're 21 pods old. And I want to ask you this: in the next year, you can only have one type of alcoholic beverage and one only. Specifically, what are you gonna pick? Uh, I mean, everybody everybody knows my answer is Miller Lite. It's boring. What is your choice? I think it's easy for me. It's between two things. It's well, so it's not easy because it's between two things. It's <laughs> It's either White Claws, just because I find those easy to drink and like it's, it's a very versatile drink, but I do like just some whiskey. So like it's either White Claw or just a whiskey. If you're making me choose, I guess I'll go White Claw. Okay, good. Yeah, because you can't be wishy-washy and go either or. You got to come up with an answer. I think a more important question is I want to know the first time Greg Cody drank and what was your first go-to drink like when you had first started drinking early in your life? Well, you know, growing up back in 1440, I used to take little, steal little sips of beer from my dad. That was almost like a running joke. You know, like he would uh, sort of look the other way and allow me to have a little tiny sip of his beer. So it wasn't you stealing, it was bad parenting. Pretty much so, yeah, yeah. And my mother would be aghast and everything. But 
uh, I would say uh, I didn't drink until college, really. I was I was not one of those partiers in high school. So I think my first drink might have been uh, a Budweiser in a dorm room, believe it or not. I remember we were bowling once and uh, I was introduced to vodka and orange juice. I don't even know what that drink's called. but a Screwdriver, I believe. Screwdriver, yes. Yeah, you're right. I want to mention that... Um, Baseball's back, but it's it's less a declarative than a question right now. Like, you know, it used to be play ball, and now it's like play ball. Really? <laughs> that you would know? be funny if the umpire, like opening day of the season, play ball. <laughs> I mean, seriously, in the middle of a pandemic, uh, we're playing baseball in Florida, where where we're the center of the pandemic. So teams teams are traveling from places and coming to South Florida. To play a baseball game. Yeah. This doesn't seem smart. It's it's really insane. Uh, you know, I, I almost feel like with this whole restart of sports, it's, it's like picture sports on a high dive on a 10-meter board, blindfolded, and about to do a dive. And you, you're not quite sure whether you're diving into water or concrete. You know, you don't know how this is going to fly. Generally, if that's the case, I don't dive. I don't either. Yeah. But but what if it's um what if you get a million dollars if it's water? Still not jumping. Yeah, I'm not either. <laughs> <laughs> it could be ninety five percent to be honest with you, and I'm not sure I'm jumping. I think we're having a conversation at that point. But yes, I get your point. Yeah, indeed. What is the Greg Cody show doing to celebrate opening day, Greg Cody? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm glad you asked that question. We have uh, Marlon shortstop and. Team Captain Miguel Rojas on the podcast today. The team's second best Miggy of all time. Behind uh, Cabrera, I would agree with that. I don't know how many other Miguels there have been. I would have to catalog that, but uh, you're right. Miguel Rojas is on the podcast today. I think it's an interesting conversation because we talk about a a bunch of fun stuff, and and he shares a hilarious story about a teammate's um, superstition. Also today, we have another uh, installment of Mount Gregmore. And uh, this is the D's. But first, we have to get to uh, a conversation that my uh, wife and I had uh, just a couple of days ago about me and uh, me being in a swimming pool. Did you just like fall asleep saying that? Like, I feel like we need to have a little more energy setting up your wife right there. Okay. You sounded like you were like trailing off there. (laughs) And we're going to bring on my wife (laughs) after this nap. Anyway, let's bring on my wife. She's been in once before, like many, many pods ago, but uh, uh, I've been annoying her a little bit lately, and she actually asked to come on uh, this week. To, um, I, I was part of that group text, and I wouldn't call that asking what she did. She basically kicked the door down and was like, I got some I need to get off my chest. Okay. Well, let's see. Here she is. Oh, dear. All right. Here's my lovely bride back in the podcast. We had her in uh, early uh, in the history of our show. And, uh, and she's back again because we had a conversation um, the other day where I admitted something to her that um, since the pandemic, since all this stay-at-home time, uh, I, my hygiene uh, has taken a little bit of a hit. You know, instead of – I used to be the guy, you know, who showers six, seven days a week, and now it's probably half of that. You know, I, I, I get by with – two or three showers a week, quite frankly. And one of the things I do uh, in between is I'm going in the swimming pool more, which I think of as uh, an easy 
cleansing thing to a certain degree. And um, uh, my wife uh, caught me the other day in the pool doing something that she disapproved of. That and, sounds uh, inappropriate. What are we talking about there? <laughs> I know. I wanted to explain quickly because it does sound inappropriate. All right. Well, to begin with, he's trying to rewrite history because this is something that is a, a, a dirty little secret of his that he thinks is perfectly normal that I need him to realize is not. We need to get to what he's doing because I, I'm thinking that he's doing something very inappropriate in the pool. Well, when he was sharing with me that he doesn't shower as much as he did pre-pandemic, he did, of course, tell me that it's okay because I go in the pool and that's fine. But then he says, because of course, then I, I can wash my hair in the pool. And I was like, nobody does that. And he goes, what? oh, yes, you do. No, goes, you don't. I said, nobody does that. And he goes, it's perfectly normal to wash your hair in the pool. What's wrong with that? And I said, don't tell anyone this. Wait, are we talking about jumping in the pool and just rinsing off your hair or legitimately no. bringing shampoo and having the shampoo on the, you know, the yes. side of the pool? Oh, my yes, God. Dad, what are you doing? The shampoo. I have the sh- I placed the shampoo bottle on the lip of my pool. Uh, I wet my hair. I luxuriously suds up my hair as I would in the shower. And then I plunge down and shake my head as I'm below the water and everything comes out beautifully. It's just a great experience. Uh, the chlorine takes care of everything. Uh, it's not like I'm defecating in the pool for crying out loud. You, mom would paint, your mother would paint me as, uh, as being this horrific guy just because I wash my hair in the pool, which I think, by the way, is pretty common. Well, that's the problem is that he thinks it's pretty common. I was like, please just don't share anything like that with anyone because they'll think it's weird. And he's like, no, they won't. It's normal. It's first of all, it's not common. Like we could put it on the poll. Like I guarantee you like 4% of people have ever done it, let alone regularly do it. I think that um, among our listeners today, and thank you all for joining the Greg Cody show with Greg Cody podcast and his family. Um, I think people are nodding like bobbleheads in agreement with me. Like, yeah, I've done that. I've I've washed my hair in the pool. What's wrong with that? People are saying throughout uh, the world right now because we have a lot of listeners in Zimbabwe and places like that. I I feel like the act of jumping in a pool to like cool off or get clean after like doing yard work or after a sweaty golf outing is fine. It's the act of legitimately washing yourself. Like you're like, what are you, a bear? You're like in the, you're in the water like with soap like I'm picturing Jungle Book right now like why are you, like, you have a shower why are you choosing to do it in the pool? I also speaking of Jungle Book, uh, I'm known to uh, and Baloo the bear did, does this on a tree. I will put my back up against the corner of two walls and scratch my back like Baloo the bear. So in that respect, uh, I am straight out of the Jungle Book. Mom, what is it like sharing a bathroom with Greg Cody? What is like the most common thing you're going to find in the bathroom that makes you a little annoyed or you have to remind him to clean up? Like what's, what's that experience like? Well, he does uh, tend to not uh, get rid of the hair that's in the, in the sink. But he also, unbeknownst that he would not want anyone to know about, occasionally you'll see remnants of somebody maybe putting a little hair color to take some color out of whoa gray. just a little bit of that where he must be painting his head or something coloring it <laughs> rarely though i'm not denying that i've never done that but um occasionally you know my sideburns uh t- 
tend to be gray for some reason. And, and that's why I'm not a kind of person who grows a goatee or tries to grow a beard because that would come in uh, more salt than pepper. Let's just put it that way. Mom, you got anything else that you want to unload on dad? I know you're busy and stuff, so we don't want to keep you too long. Uh, no, you know, it's just, it's just the usual, just the usual. People have no idea. <laughs> it's a joy living with me and you know it. Thank you, wife. I uh, appreciate you uh, yelling at me and criticizing me. I, I love you like a wife, and uh, we should do that more often because even though you make fun of me and uh, and reveal my dirty laundry, um, maybe it's enjoyable to people. I don't know, but let's move on. Huh? Why are we? I don't think revealing somebody's dirty laundry, not to dissect, is this like our new thing last week? We did back burners versus front right. burners. But I feel like dirty laundry is not something that I would be embarrassed for people to see. It's just my clothes that I've worn. It's not like I'm like pooping in my pants and then putting it away. Like it's Yeah, but I think when people refer to dirty laundry, they're talking specifically about the underwear with uh, the skid mark on it. You know what I mean? I don't want to get into too much detail, but I think that's what that's the dirty laundry you don't want aired. When's the last time you yourself? <laughs> Uh, I don't do that because I'm the most regular guy in America. And I mean that literally and figuratively. Mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a man of the people, but uh, I'm regular on the can. You know what I'm saying? I, I, so I don't, uh, I don't have many, many problems like that. What's your schedule? Like 8 a.m., like a morning thing? What, what's, what's the routine? Well, certainly post-coffee. You know, I, you know I, I drink coffee like a maniac in the morning. Coffee. Yeah, and so that's, that's the aphrodisiac uh, when it comes to uh, the can. Baby. You know what I mean? baby but um <laughs> anyway I, I really don't like the, that's, the that's, side street we've taken here that is the perfect segue into miguel rojas because honestly folks this baseball season could be a show so let's talk to the marlin shortstop captain of the team longest tenured marlin miguel rojas Miguel, uh, the Greg Cody show with Greg Cody doesn't mess around. We get no softball questions here. We got to get right to the hard stuff. So I want to ask you, uh, in in a hotel room on the road, what's the go-to snack for Miguel Rojas? Uh, it's always an ice cream. I feel like uh, I always uh, after the after the day games, especially uh, when my family's on the road, I always get ice cream for me and my son. So uh, that's my go-to in the afternoons for sure. What's the ice cream flavor there when you're digging in? Uh, cookie dough. That's my that's my oh. favorite there. Oh. Money choice. Good choice. That or Nutella. That's uh that's that's my go-to. Good okay. taste. Sure. Hey, um, uh, by the way, the the Marlins open July 24th at Philly, and then the home opener is July 27th versus Baltimore. So you guys are going to be hitting the road before you know it. Uh, it's 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 like here already. Um, you, you've got a young team. When when you look at at the at the organizational roster, Miguel, who who are a couple of guys uh, coming up that uh, that have really caught your attention? Maybe Monty Harrison or um, guys that fans don't know yet, but probably will by the end of this season. Yeah, I feel like people have been uh, hearing about Monte a lot, a lot uh, throughout these uh, couple of couple of years because he's been doing great in the minors. But uh, one of the things that I have, I have to say is a uh, um, a lot of positive things about what the organization did last uh, uh, deadline. And it was uh, Luis Diaz and, and Jesus Sanchez. Those two kids from Dominican Republic, they're already here uh, at Marley's Park working out with us. And uh, they're showing a lot of mat maturity for, for the age that they are, you know, like 21, 22 years old kids 
on the offensive side that they can they can really hit and they kind of remind me guys like Acuna, uh, Juan Soto, guys like that. I don't like I'm not saying that they're gonna have that kind of impact right away, but those those are the kind of kids that we have in the in the system now. And all the credit to the organization for go out there and get those guys um, last year. Uh, and other than that, I got we got we got guys like Jazz Chisholm. And uh, on the on the pitching side, we got Nick Neider, we got uh, Robert Dogger, we we got to see him uh, last year a little bit. Jordan Yamamoto, uh, it's really exciting. Uh, uh, um, the the future here in Miami is really bright. I can't really like sit here and talk to you guys about all the names that I know that they coming and they're they're hungry to be here. And uh, on the on the uh, to be honest with you, on the other side and the and the draft. Uh, JJ Blade last year, Max Meyer this year. Really excited about those guys because they're they're not too far away from being in the big league. So uh, I'm excited to be uh, with them and be teammates of them too. Miguel, we we live in the Miami area, and I don't have to tell you that unfortunately we're like the epicenter of the coronavirus right now. Correct. And um, there's a lot of speculation in the media, maybe among some fans. Is this season actually going to happen? Uh, is, are they, is baseball going to be able to make this work? How do you yeah, feel? Listen, I feel like we are preparing for that. We're not, we're not planning on backing down. We, we are trying to be responsible. We are trying to be accountable. We are trying to be focused on, on what we need to do to be on the field, uh, using all those precautions things that we have to do, uh, following the protocols. MLB put a protocol in place that we need to follow and we are doing that and and we're not gonna put ourselves or our families in risk at any point i feel like if we're not feeling comfortable to be here we wouldn't be here so uh this is one of the things that we're doing as a, as a team it, and, and it's not just the 60 players on the pool it's front office it's coaches it's uh people who work on the around the organization i feel like everybody needs to be responsible and do the right thing and not just for them, but the whole the whole people here in Miami. And I know we're gonna overcome this. And when we overcome this, we're gonna be uh, um, talking about how how proud we are uh, of the people here in Miami. Miguel, baseball players are known for being crazily superstitious, and I'm wondering how superstitious you are, and if you have any crazy game day things you do. Yeah, I'm pretty superstitious, especially when it comes to uh, equipment. Uh, my bats, I, I try to keep the bats the same use the same pointer that I always use. I feel like that's, that's a couple of the things that I do uh, on the everyday basis that I can't really control because there's other things that you can't control. It's, it's really hard to go to a, to a row city and eat the same because you're probably not going to have the same kind of stuff. I try to have like a same pregame routine that I always have every day. So an hour before the game, before, every, like everywhere we go, like I can play in Philadelphia at 7.30 or at 1 p.m. One hour before the game, I'm going to start my routine. I start with a cup of coffee. Um, I shower, and I do the same thing every single day. Like, I put my this, this, my sliders the same way, my socks the same way. I try to keep a routine going that I can control. But when it comes to, like, food or drink or where to go to eat or something like that, it's really um, kind of tricky because you're not in the same place at every time. So You go in hot coffee, iced coffee? What are we doing? I, I do hot coffee and I, I prefer my coffee uh, like uh, espresso, Cuban coffee. So uh, that's that's what I do. So uh, I do I do Cuban coffee in Miami and then it. on the road I try to go espresso. And all right, so you seem your superstitions seem relatively normal. Give me the example of a teammate. Like, what's the craziest superstitious teammate you've ever had? 
I got a, a ex teammate of my, uh, one of my best friends in baseball, and I call him my my big brother or my father in baseball, uh, Martin Prado. I I think Martin Prado goes with the uh, uh, the same pair of uh, white uh, whitey tighties for for the whole year, and he wore it backwards. <laughs> oh. And uh, I mean, this is this is a stuff that, that that I mean I can tell you guys because uh, you know because of the confidence. But yeah, I, I seen things like that. <laughs> Brian Anderson went with the same pair of socks for for a full season. Uh, whatever whatever it works, right? So they were getting hits and uh, that kind of stuff. You I, and I was talking to Jesus Aguilar yesterday. He told me that uh, he used a broken bat when he was in Double A. Even after he, he break, he break, he broke the bat, and he, he kept using it because he he was kept, keep getting hits. So um, that's the kind of stuff you see on the uh, around the clubhouse. Miguel, I'm curious. Um, how visible is Derek Jeter? How hands on is he? I'm I'm wondering if he's ever uh, at the batting cage and pulling somebody off to the side and, and trying to tweak his stance a little bit or something. No, I think I think Derek was uh, really vocal about his baseball career. Uh, I don't know if it was a year ago or something like that. I, I heard something that he said he threw his last ball and he swung the last bat. So you're not going to see him trying to tell me how to catch a ground ball or tell me how to hit a ball. He will be he will be available for, for me if I need some help, for sure. But he's not around the batting cage or anything like that. He's, he's around the field. He's always here. He's always available. He's always, like, visible. And, and that's one of the things that you feel better about the, the organization. You can see the faces that, that are in the front office. You can see uh, Bruce Sherman. You can see the guys around. You can see Caroline. And, and people that, that, that are running the organization on the front office side, you see them uh, all, all the time. And that's, that's something that, as a player, you appreciate because uh, they're part of the, the, the organization, part of the process of winning a championship. You know, sometimes when people refer to veteran leaders, quote unquote, um, it, it's as if all you are is a leader. But in, in your case, uh, you had a really good season on the field last year. You hit in the 280s. I think you had 29 or 30 doubles and you earned a two-year contract extension. So congrats on that. Um, we, we just asked you about uh, superstition in baseball. I, I wonder who's the biggest joke, joke guy on the Marlins. What's the best joke you've ever seen played on somebody in a clubhouse? Oh, there, there's a lot of things going on that, uh, I mean, one of the, the, the most um, funny things that we do is uh, when we got someone called up to the big leagues. So in the, in the plane ride, there's coaches and stuff. But when we get on the bus, it's just players. So that's the time where we call the, the rookies on the mic and we make them like uh, sing a song or giving us a story. And we ask him like kind of confidential questions, and and that's that, that's the kind of stuff that baseball players do, and especially when like you you you're going through a lot of up and downs in baseball, and you know the roller coaster of the baseballs of a baseball season. Uh, you have to keep it loose, and you have to keep it like the same every time. It doesn't matter if you're winning or losing. You're trying to keep the same attitude, and uh, that's one of the things that I that I do to keep everybody loose. And as a, as a leader, you have to make everybody feel comfortable. That's one of the main things. Speaking of joking around, one of my favorite things whenever the Marlins have won in years past is you throw the mask on, and when Craig Minervini is interviewing them, you run out and you hit them in the face with a pie or something right. fun like that. Now, in this new in this odd, weird pandemic season i'm sure you can't really do that so do you have any tricks up your sleeve on fun ways you can mess with people without you know being socially unacceptable 
I think it's gonna have to be on on a Zoom call or something like that. I'm gonna have to have a computer in my locker. A pie you know? in the Zoom face, and, like yeah, if I pie some, you right something now. Something like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna I don't know maybe create a YouTube channel or something like that, and then I can yeah. I can join in after the game, and because I'm I'm not gonna be around the teammates either, you know, because like you know we probably throw a party in the in the locker yeah. room and play some music and some lights and stuff like that. Okay. But I don't think we can really be a, a, around each other anymore that much. Right. And uh, this is the like like I say, this is a new normal. We're gonna try to keep it as as natural as possible, but we we need to be responsible and and we need to do that kind of stuff. But uh, I mean, it was it was fun the the monkey thing and the the pie in the face and and the the Gatorade showers, all that. It was a uh, uh, fun, and we move forward from that. Miguel, we had uh, Tim Kirchin on the podcast, and he he said one of the things he's looking forward to about a sixty game season is that anything can happen. And even teams that, that are considered around 500 or even less have a chance to get hot and, and be right in it. Uh, when it comes to the Marlins, who are still a developing team and, and will be for the next couple of years, uh, do you feel better about the Marlins' chances over 60 games than maybe you might over 162? I feel great about the, the future of, the, of this organization. I feel like um, uh, we have a lot of talent. We have a lot of um, players that they're, they're about to get here that, that are going to help us win games. And I feel very, very, very good about the pitching, the pitching staff. I feel like uh, our starters gained a lot of confidence and a lot of experience last year and in the past two years. And uh, I played winner ball before, the, and, and the schedule in winner ball is 64 games or 62 games. And I know everybody have a chance. So I'm not ruling the Marlins out at all in a 60-game season or, a, or in a 162-game season just because the talent, the pure talent that we have here, and it's really exciting. So we play a couple games in spring training, and we show that we can play, and, and our offense is going to be so much better than, than in the past years. And I'm, I'm pretty happy to have a guy like uh, Jonathan Villar and, and Jesus, Jesus Aguilar and Corey Dickerson and Mike Joyce, and, and those guys are, are going to help us to score more runs. And, and to be honest with you, I'm really excited. You guys got me thinking with this 60-game season, we're going to see some crazy stats. Like the league leader in home runs, what's he going to have, like 13 or 14 home runs this season? So I feel like Jesus Aguilar, I feel like that dude might hit like 25 home runs in a 60-game season. That guy's got yeah. some pop. I mean, I, I play with Aggie in the past. I play against him. Uh, never in the same team, but uh, he, he was one of the guys. In 50 games in winter ball, he hit 18 homers. So why not? Why not here? You know, like no. I feel like uh, uh, that's that's one of the one of the things that I'm talking about. Like, hey, uh, whoever gets hot, I mean, we can be that team. Why not us? You know, that's that's a real that's a real thing. Like people saying, no, oh, maybe uh, maybe not the Marlins this year or whatever. But why not us to get hot and get and get a, a couple guys on the same at the same time to get hot and, and get a lot of homers and and pitchers getting a role and and we 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 saw it last year we last year we got a in a stretch that 45 games we won like 31 of them and and it was a, a great time for us and uh, we could we could do the same and be in the playoff we don't we, we don't even know what's going to happen but at the same time we're going to do everything that we can to um to clinch a play spot miguel as um team captain player rep uh veteran leader i think you have the pulse of, of this team uh, more than anybody else does. Um, when you're in the clubhouse, do you feel any apprehension on the part of the team? And, and whatever you guys are feeling, I'm sure, is baseball-wide, um, 
just about the restart, about traveling during all this. Um, and, and look, you're a family guy, and, and you've said there's, there's, you play no more important role than, than being a proud father. Is your family going to travel with you on the road? What is the apprehension you feel going into all this from a personal level? I think this is, this is going to be a sacrifice on all of us. And it's not, it's not going to be a, a huge one because we already did one. And we stay at home for more than two months, uh, maybe almost three months when we were quarantined for everybody else and uh, not leaving the house. That was a sacrifice. So we're making another sacrifice, like NBA is in a bubble. So I think we're not going to be any different. The only thing is we're going to be traveling and stuff like that, but we're going to take everything that, that we need to take care of uh, to be safe. And uh, to answer your question, my family is not going to be on the road. I'm, I'm sleeping in a different room right now. Even when I have a, a four-year-old son and my wife, uh, I love them. And that's why I'm sleeping in a different room and, and not trying to not putting them on any extra risk. And I'm trying to be careful at home. I'm trying to uh, know where I can go or, or how I can go using my using my face mask, um, wearing gloves, all that kind of stuff, because it's not just me or my baseball season. It's another 60, uh, 59 guys baseball, baseball season on the line and 59 guys family plus the, the people who work around us. So um, the, the most important message right here is making a sacrifice, not just for, for your baseball season, but for your families and your, your, uh, your career. Miguel, we're going to let you out of here right now. Promise us, though, if you guys make the playoffs, you'll come back on here and we'll have an ice cream over Zoom. Yeah, let's go. Uh, uh, you, you guys going to have to get me a cookie, though, ice cream, and I'll, I'll be here for sure. Deal. We can arrange that. Thanks, Miguel. Really appreciate Thank it. You. Yeah, anytime, guys. Hey, thank you again, Miguel Rojas. Really appreciated you joining us on the podcast. Uh, we want to be a Marlins-friendly podcast. Baseball was my first love in sports back in 1967. You old? I am old, yeah. Yeah, I was even old in 1967, oddly enough. <laughs> it seems like it anyway. Um, hey, it's the Mount Greg Moore name game. How about that? This Yay. is our <laughs> This is our fourth installment, which means it's the D's. Like D batteries. Greg loves the D. That's right. Um, so now I'm going to give you the top five American D names, first names. This is an official list from the U.S. government over the last 100 years. Number five, Donna. Number four, Dorothy. Number three, Christ. Donald. <laughs> what, are you sure that this wasn't like the previous 100 years? These are every week the oldest names. Like, Christ, man. I know. It's amazing. But the last two uh, uh, entered this century. Number two, Daniel. He's been traveling tonight on a plane, I'll tell you that. And number one, the number one D name of all time, David. Oh, I feel like it had to be Dick. You know, if it was, you know, Dick Cody, my brother, would be number one. In fact, let's have him on the show sometime if we can get him out of figure out Zoom. I believe we tried to a couple months ago and he just <laughs> couldn't figure out Zoom. We did indeed. Uh, and here, ladies and gentlemen, uh, in inverse order are the top five Davids of all time. And you know my rules by now. No Daves here. Uh, no David last names. This is first names of people who go by David. Just okay. strangling the bit, making it as uninteresting as possible. And first... Our honorable mention, the biblical David. 
That's right. Star of the Old Testament, second and best king of Israel, slayer of Goliath, King David. And now, the number five David of all time. He's the three-time, three different eras, lead singer of Van Halen, David Lee Roth. I'll accept that one. You will accept that. Thank you. Yes. Um, number four. He's the second greatest poppy after Gonzalo Lebatard. It's David Ortiz. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Wow. I'm, I'm actually getting your approval for the first time in the history of the Greg uh, Mount Gregmore name game. Number three. He's Mr. Posh Spice, owner of Inter Miami, David Beckham. Okay. Number two. It's hard to believe he's been gone four years now. The great, enigmatic, androgynous master of the mic, David Bowie. Oh, wow. That, this would have been my bet for your number one. So I'm interested to see who this number one is. And number one, he ruled late night TV on NBC for 33 years until 2015. The great David Letterman. Wow. It's a solid list. There's, I can't really poke too many holes. I mean, it's ridiculous to go, you know, I don't, I'm not like attacking religion, but going biblical with the honorable mentions a little, like I'm rolling my eyes at that a little bit. Well, but, the tradition, the tradition of the Greg Moore honorable mention is that the honorable mention is always the wacky one that's off the, the wall. Is it wacky you, or incredibly boring? I feel you, like know, well, you, me- you remember last week, our honorable mention. I don't mention remember was, it, actually. I, okay, I'll, I I'll tried remind to, you. I tried to forget it as quick as no, possible. Last week, the honorable mention was Charles Chips. And you made the, you wondered whether the inventor of the company was actually named Charles Chip. Because that would have made that an interesting submission. But it well, wasn't. It was but, just but, a guy named Charles Chips. See, but you you may you may not have noticed that people who invent things do not often have that name. Like there's there's nobody walking around named you know Henry Vacuum Cleaner. You know the the guy who invented the vacuum cleaner was not named Vacuum Cleaner. I've got him being named Jackie Vacuum, and they call him Jackie Vac. Okay, uh, <laughs> you've totally de- derailed this bit. But they, this was the Mount Greg Moore of D's, leading with David and the King of all Davids. Letterman. I, I, I'm like, I'm just a little baffled here. Dave Chappelle, I don't care about your rule about David's, Dave's, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it is a rule. I bet you Dave Chappelle's real name is David. Like, if you look okay. up, like... Does he go by David Chappelle? Dad, okay, do you realize if there was, like, a Mount Reg... A Mount... Uh, Gre- Mount Gregmore. A Mount Rushmore of Gregory's, you would be in consideration for that, even though you go by Greg. Like and they, I would, re- I would refuse acceptance onto that mountainside. No, you wouldn't. You're strangling this bit just because you want to be the guy that's like, oh, no, only has to be exactly Dave. Like Dave Chappelle should be on this list. You miss Dave Grohl. Oh, you can't have all the Daves and Davids. And and I considered some of those guys you're talking about. I mean, this this might have been the most entertaining one, and that is not saying much. I'll take that as a thank you. And uh, appreciate your compliment. And be sure to stay tuned next week because we have an unusual one, Ease. Uh, and, and we set a record with Mount Gregmore next week uh, with, with the Ease, and, and you'll see why next week. What are you talking about? It ain't easy coming up with Ease, I'll tell you. We set a record next week? You'll find out next week. It's a history-making uh, Mount Gregmore segment with the Ease. Um, be- before we move on, I want to tell a, a quick story about um, David Beckham who was number three on our list and the inner Miami guy down here. 
because this is all over the British press. I, I don't know if it's gotten much attention at all stateside here, but uh, Beckham and Victoria's son, Brooklyn Beckham, uh, is about to get married. And um, David she, Beckham is old enough to have a son who gets married? Yeah, yeah, he, he's he young. Looks, like, David, he's like in his early 20s. David Beckham looks like he's like 39. <laughs> he would be pleased to hear you say that. He looks fantastic. I mean, I, I know I'm not breaking any news here that David Beckham <laughs> is incredibly good looking, but I, I did not know he was that old. Yeah, they have younger kids as well. I think Brooklyn is their oldest child, and, and he might just be like 23 or something, but he's getting married. And um, in, in case you're concerned that uh, uh, he's marrying a gold digger who's after the, the Beckham fortune, uh, the woman he's marrying is a billionaire heiress. She, she's like in line for more money than the Beckhams have. So this is a... A bearish. Mm-hmm. This is a power couple indeed, but they're getting married um, at an Italian resort that costs to rent. To rent this resort for a wedding, it costs the equivalent of $4 million U.S. dollars. So this is not your ordinary wedding, but also in the British press uh, are stories that the Beckhams are going to end up making money off this wedding, they're gonna they're gonna turn it into a, pr- a profit making machine. The rich get richer. Why? And here, like, is it because they're like selling? Like, like are they letting people cover it? Or like and stuff, and people are paying to cover it. Well, the the details aren't out except for this. Uh, Beckham has a whiskey brand that I didn't even know about. the The whiskey brand is is named Haig, H A I G, and apparently he's gonna use the this lavish internationally famed wedding uh, as a real platform to push his whiskey brand. And so is his wife, Victoria, to push her new beauty brand, VB, which is uh, about to debut in in the States. Are there going to be like booths at this wedding? Like, (laughs) hey, you're at a wedding. Enjoy the dance floor. Enjoy the hors d'oeuvres. And over here, (laughs) check out our... Check out our whiskey tent and our cosmetics tent. Come check it out. I, I, I think it might be a little more subtle than that, but if they're giving out goodie, wedding goodie bags, you have to suspect there will be VB beauty supplies and a, and a little bottle of hay in there. You know what I'm saying? Let's get the hell out of here. Am I right? You are right, and we're going to wrap it up, put another bow on it, because um, I, I really want to thank uh, the Marlins Captain Miguel Rojas for joining us on the podcast. Nice of my lovely wife to make a, a rare cameo appearance. Not to, uh, be, not to just consistently be that guy, but why do we have to put bows on presents? It's just an annoying task like that's unnecessary, ripping off the stupid bow, and then where do I put it? Am I throwing it away? Are we reusing this bow? Like, Save yourself the bow. Just wrap the gift. I don't need a bow on my gift. Well, here's my thing with bows, and I have a strong feeling about this. I only use them once a year, you know, Christmas. To me, a bow is for Christmas. It's not for a birthday or any other time of year. And also, uh, I don't overbow. You know, a lot of people will, will habitually put a bow on every single gift. When you see a gift from Greg Cody with a bow on it, that's your hint that this is a special gift. This is a gift I've spent a few dollars on. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so you can't wait to open it because it's bowed. David Bow. Indeed, the great David Bow. This has been the Greg Cody Show. Uh, with Greg Cody podcast, episode number 21. And um, rate, subscribe, review, do all that jazz. Yes, please. Like he said, and in all seriousness, podcast family, you know by now how much we really appreciate you guys and gals and whatever. And uh, 
it's um, because of you that this podcast has been very successful. And uh, thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.